Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. I am back today with Courtney. Happy 2023, everybody. I cannot believe we are finally in a new year. I'm so excited about the changes that this year is going to bring, especially with it being a collective year number seven. So that should be really interesting, but I'm so excited to have Courtney back. So hi, Courtney. How are you? Hi, happy new year. Happy new year. I feel like we haven't recorded in like months, but it's only been a few weeks. I know it does feel that way, doesn't it? But you know, sometimes life just gets busy and I'm sure everybody listening can relate to that. But now we're back and we have so many ideas for the new year. So I'm really excited to put it all into motion. So much to look forward to. Yes. So for today's episode, we really wanted to talk about surviving your 20s, certain lessons that we've learned through our 20s, because, you know, I'm 29 and Courtney is going to be 31. So, and I hope you don't mind saying that. No, (laughs) but honestly, the 30s are your new 20s, right? That's what they say. 30s. Yeah, honestly, I feel like 30s are probably better than your 20s, but that's fine. (laughs) Now it's like our life is finally beginning because I also wanted to kind of talk about our Saturn returns as well because Courtney has already gone through hers and I'm going through mine right now and my last direct hit is going to be in March of this year. So, and then it's moving into Pisces. And to be honest, I'm not even that excited for it to move into Pisces because since I'm a Virgo rising, Saturn is going to be my seventh house of relationships. So hopefully it's just, you know, more commitment and not like a lot of hard challenges. Oh, did you mean, did you mean Pisces? Yeah, Saturn's moving into Pisces and I'm a Virgo rising. So that's where like delays, blockages, challenges, lessons, or a new level of commitment. Oh, oh. where yours is going to be. Hold on. So you're a Sagittarius rising. Oh, yours is going to be in the fourth house of home and family. So you'll feel uh, delays, blockages, and challenges around oh. home and family. Uh, or like a close or closer bonds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Maybe mostly it like closeness. Also, what I can, what I actually, this makes a lot of sense for you. Saturn in the fourth house can also get you really dedicated and disciplined to lay down your roots somewhere or like working towards like- You said building. that that's in March? That that's when it March? starts. Yeah. That's interesting because in May we're planning on like going to, I mean, you already know this, but North Carolina to kind of like check out where we might want to live. Yes, exactly. And that's why I was like, this actually makes a lot of sense for you. So it's going to be there for two and a half years. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's so long. Yeah. Saturn, Saturn likes to take its sweet time. And then Pluto is moving into Aquarius in... Oh, is that good? (laughs) Well, there's going to be a lot of changes and shifts, especially for like the collective and humanity. A lot of... um, Because Aquarius rules like technology and social media and things like that. So I think that Mm. we'll see a lot of changes in that department. But I also think we're going to see a lot of changes when it comes to just, you know, making positive shifts and changes for humanity in general. Oh, that would be nice. The last time it was in Aquarius, I believe was like in the 1700s or something like Holy that. Like, cow. think about like the revolutions that happened all back Oh, then. that's crazy. Yeah. That's gonna, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, you know, like this is a little bit off of like a side tangent, but I was just having a conversation with my husband's family the other night about like the whole concept of like the Illuminati and like all these people who like are now coming out and like speaking about their existence and the horrible things that they do. And, you know, we still don't know who they are, but we know that they exist, obviously, right? Or like that some type of group, whether it's not actually the Illuminati, exists and they're kind of like pulling the strings on us like puppets from behind the behind the curtain. But the fact that with social media and how powerful it is, no matter how much they try to like silence us and regulate us, we all still know what's happening and we're very much aware of it. And it's like how many popular people or celebrities or wealthy people who come out and speak against you are you going to make look like they falsely committed suicide or that they had some drug problem or that they had a mental health disease? Like we're not stupid. We're getting hip to like the routine of what's happening. And it's not, we're not awake. We're not asleep anymore. We're awake. 
Yeah, I actually think with like this whole Pluto and Aquarius change too, there is going to be a lot coming to the surface. And like I mentioned before, it's a person, not a personal, um, a collective year number seven. It's the numerology of 2023, which is all about like, you can expect so many people going through more spiritual awakenings. It's a very Do you get that number number from adding up the years? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so two plus zero plus two plus three. And then you can also do, yeah, and then you can also do your personal year number, which is you take your uh, month and your date and then add it to the year. So how do I get one? So let me see. Did you say mine was one? I don't remember. Um, Let me think. I'm going through, mine is uh, year number five, which is all about change and apparently unexpected situations. Wait, are you really going through 11? Oh yeah. No, I think you said I was 11, which is like a powerful, very powerful year. You're going through a master number 11 in a collective year number seven holy moly that's and my birthday is the 11th remember i tell you all the time like 11 is my number i see 11 everywhere all the time everything significant always happens like 11 my personal year number 11 was wild (laughs) it was crazy it was literally (laughs) the year that i bought a house i moved i went through a huge spiritual awakening i got into tarot um i got into astrology like deep dived more than i ever had before 11 brings a lot of self-awareness. That's nice. I feel like I need that. Which I feel like you've already been working on. But I feel, oh, wow, I see 333 on my clock right now. Okay. And it's January 3rd. Okay. All right. Wow. The universe is is like, hey, what's up? I feel like this is going to be an intense year for you. Yeah. Hopefully intense in a good way. I'm, I'm very tired. Like I'm like emotionally exhausted. I just need some peace and I think that that's hopefully what 11 is gonna bring because I'm just ready for it yes yes absolutely so how about do you want to like first just quickly since we're kind of on the topic of astrology just talk about our Saturn returns oh yeah so absolutely we were just looking into this because for those of you listening I am like that astrology geek friend that like is obsessed with astrology (laughs) and like I it's so relevant yeah and every time I tell Courtney things she's like oh my god like that's insanely makes so much sense (laughs) insanely on point so for courtney she had her saturn return in uh 2021 starting in about like uh march-ish of that time until like january 2022 so explain what happened during that time frame oh by the way this was in her second house of self-worth values and finances yeah it was like the journey uh that was my almost my encapsulates almost my entire journey of nursing school like my accelerated nursing program, I think which like taught me a lot of things like financially, I would say it taught us a lot of discipline uh, and management because we were trying to navigate how to be more responsible, planning for our future, but we really didn't have a whole lot of money because like my my husband was the only one working and he was a nurse. But like, unfortunately, he worked for a hospital corporation that like really doesn't protect their nurses like with pay or protecting their license. They don't protect anything. They treat their nurses like dog duty, which is why he doesn't work there anymore. But he was making like $25 an hour and we live in Austin and we were trying to survive off that. And it was it was pretty difficult. And then what were the other things? Uh, self-worth. I would say nursing probably taught me a lot about self-worth because there was a lot of growth that had to happen surrounding my self-internalization of like, we've had this conversation a little bit on our other episodes, but about me deriving a lot of my value from my grades. And like, if I wasn't performing at the top level of like all the other students, then I considered myself like worthless and stupid, which is not the case. Very adept. I also have a lot of other qualities outside of just exams and quizzes as a nurse. So there's that because you can't measure the amount of a caring individual, you know, when you do those fine detail things that like goes the extra mile for patients, you can't grade that on a test. It's just that that's not going to show up anywhere. So I had to like learn that hard lesson, um, which brought up a lot of realizations around the concept of consuming alcohol going into my 30s and how like there were times where I was consuming alcohol in alcohol by 20s and I was getting what I would say buzzed. I wasn't drunk or bu- I've never been blackout or anything. I've never like abused alcohol. I've just done it socially. But even socially, like I would be in a crowd of people and I would drink to a point where I was like at that tipping corner. And when I get there emotionally, I would get to a place where like internally I was I wasn't having fun with the people I was with anymore. I was self 
self-loathing to a point where it brought me to like suicidal ideations and just like not a healthy place I want to be in and not a place I get to on on my own really and I was recognizing that and it was it was scary and I was like okay I think in my 30s I need to really be aware of you know, if this is connected to alcohol, that's a very slippery slope and it's not good for my mental health. So there was a lot of that that I had to work through. Yeah. I think this next year too, and getting into your thirties has kind of taught me too, that there's this really awesome doctor, not doctor, uh, Mr. Feeney quote from Boy Meets World that I shared, which ages me. But um, if you watch Boy Meets World, Mr. Feeney is like the guru on that show. He's got so many wise things to say. He basically says something along the lines of like, if you live your life based on the opinions of what other people think of you, then you're never going to be open. And if you're not open, you won't grow. And if you don't grow, like, what's the point? So I had to kind of learn that lesson of like not caring. And I'm still working on this one less about other people's opinions of what I do or how they perceive me without asking me about my journey and just being authentically myself. And the right people will be attracted to you. The right people will ask you the right questions. And the right people will understand why you have the aspirations and dreams that you do, whether they're personal, spiritual, financial, whatever they may be. So I think that was all kind of brought on by my Saturn return and my and my 20s. So many valuable lessons in all of that. And I love that quote too. I actually think you shared it the other day and I saw it and I was like, always at the boy meets world. And I always had those quotes. It's so funny because back when we were kids watching that, we never like looked into the deep meanings of some of the things that they'll say. But then now looking back, we're like, wow, that was actually deep. <laughs> yeah, it was actually like, I feel like that was like one of those one-off shows where like the, the programming or whatever you want to call it, the the conditioning that that show was actually giving our generation was actually like planting a lot of good seeds. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like some of the shows now, I'm just like, this is just like empty. Like there, yeah. there's nothing to this. It's not teaching you anything. And it's funny. I was actually talking to my husband last night or Josh. I was talking to him last night because I saw this TikTok video and it made me realize just how easily children are conditioned. So this dad had given this little girl a jelly bean and told her it was Oreo. So she's eating it and it's it's not Oreo, but <laughs> she's like, wow, yeah, dad, like this is great. Like mom, it's Oreo, it's Oreo, it's so good, it's Oreo. And then he goes, are you sure it's not pepper? And she's like, it's pepper. Yeah, it's pepper. <laughs> and it was pepper. And he like told her it was Oreo and she was literally convinced that it was Oreo because she was trusting in whatever her dad was saying. That's mm-hmm. how easily we are like manipulated, not even... I guess manipulated, but like conditioned to believe what we're taught at a young age. And then those mindsets can follow us. Obviously not the Oreo pepper thing, but like in general, like the mindsets that parents teach us. The other thing that's interesting too, which is like a concept we touched on, but I would be curious to know like overall, like how those people parent is like one of those psychology moments where like, remember I was telling you there was a psychologist I saw online who was talking about how like when you force your kids to say hi to strangers in stores when they're young and they are like apprehensive and you try to force them anyway, it starts to teach them that their own internal alarm system is not right. And so they believe, they stop believing in their own like personal intuitions and start just believing what people tell them. And we stop having that like internal adjustment, like self-awareness and self-trust. And I wonder if they've ever done anything to her like that. We're like, now she doesn't, even at such a young age, she doesn't trust herself and her own thing, like her own perception of things. Uh, and she just trusts whatever her parents tell her. Oh, absolutely. And I think I've... <sighs> A while back, I made an episode about this too, is like connecting with your intuition because society is literally set up to disconnect us from ourselves. Everything that is taught to us, it just disconnects us from our intuition. And it, in my opinion, my life has really been all about coming back to my intuition, finding my intuition again because of all that conditioning. And yeah, it's it's hard. Is that going to play into your Saturn? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. So yeah, let me explain my Saturn return now. So because I feel like that ties into your Saturn return. Yeah, I've been dealing with Saturn return for a while now because Saturn had gone retrograde and has gone direct. So we love retrogrades. Oh, I freaking hate we're in one right now. Mercury retrograde. (laughs) Yeah. But so my Saturn return, it's happened in my fifth house. The final last direct hit is in March. I have learned so much since it has entered 
my fifth house because <laughs> that was when I got married. That was when I started trying to conceive and have failed at every point, <laughs> like have not been able to successfully conceive in the fifth house rules children. It rules creativity. I have felt a little bit creatively blocked and confused throughout this time as well. It also talks about your inner child. And what's interesting is that I had a huge turning point with my dad during my Saturn return um, because all of my life, you know, growing up, I was like, I will never let my dad walk me down the aisle. I'll never have my first dance with my dad. Like, cause I, I used to be so mad at him. I used to be very resentful. And then you did, you did do those things. Yeah, exactly. So during my Saturn return, I found a lot of inner child healing within me. I was able to look at my situation with my dad from a different perspective and I allowed him to walk down my down the aisle. When I had my first look with him, it was very emotional because he had never been there for like milestones in my life. Like going to prom, he never saw me get dressed graduation. up, going to prom, graduation. Yeah, he wasn't at my graduation. Like all of these important milestones in my life, he was not there. So having him there on my wedding day and, you know, experiencing basically a big milestone for the first time in my life, it kind of felt like, I don't even know how to explain it. It was very interesting for sure, but it was also very emotional because it was like, it felt like a turning point, but it also brought back a lot of memories of everything that he did miss. But now I'm trying to look at the perspective of, okay, I need to give him the space to try and change because for so long I wanted him to change but I also felt like I held him back a little bit from being able to do that because I was so blocked off and like had so much resentment that every time he tried to come back in my life I was still hurt so I wasn't fully welcoming him and so that took me a lot to work through and process but I think I finally have I still have my moments I'm not gonna lie I still have my moments where I'm like getting triggered like the other day we were having a 90 minute phone call oh god with your dad? Yes. This is this is like how long our phone calls usually are. Like I have to set aside time to speak to him because like he'll talk for forever. And in that 90 minute phone call, by the time it was over, I've realized that I not once shared anything about my life. He didn't ask me. Are you kidding? No. Like this is and this is how this is something we're working on with him because I feel like he doesn't realize how caught up in his own problems he gets. That's wild because, like, yeah. he's the parent. Yeah. Like, and he's the parent. Out. That's just hard. I could sip, I like empathize with that because it's like hard when you, you're the child and, you know, like, you're looking, like, one of the major things you're supposed to get from a parent is guidance. Mm-hmm. And when you become an adult and you haven't had a lot of guidance from your parents, and then now they want to do like complete role reversal because now you're like, you're actually an adult and you're just like, but I'm not, I'm not the parent. Like, I, I'm calling you because I need guidance. And yeah. then the whole time we're talking, it's all about you. And that's, that's tough because you, you're, you have to ask yourself, like, it's almost like a identity versus role confusion and you're like where do I fall and do I want to do that because it's like you're parenting your parents it's both yeah and it's always been that way and I think in my 20s one of my major realizations that I was able to piece together through going inward and really figuring my own self out and why I react certain ways and why I do things that I do and why I attract certain things into my life a lot of it I think stems from that relationship that I had with my dad of course And always taking on this like therapist role, which is Mm -hmm. why I attract so many situations into my life where I feel like I have to play the therapist for everybody in my life. Like, I truly do feel like I attract a lot of people who have just a lot of shit they're going through. Um, Yeah. Which I feel like everybody is going through shit. But for me, it was like in order to get my dad's attention and a love and affection, I had to basically provide him with solutions. I had to be the ear, the ear that like listens be sympathetic uh listen to all of his problems and help well, at the same time you're the child yeah like going through my own stuff so it was like that's why that's I, I had to take on such a role of like wanting to be that for everybody around me but then also it drains yeah. me and I have to be you know honest I feel like my my summation of like your Saturn return is that like your biggest lesson is to learn how to set like those hard boundaries and put yourself first before you and I've said this to you before before you become a mother because the best way that you're going to mother is to take care of yourself first which a lot of people will probably be like it's going to be divided half and half people are going to be like what the hell is she talking about like you put your kids first but if you don't put yourself first and you display that 
to your children as a relationship that they're going to have with themselves, that's how they'll treat themselves. And if you think about it, you don't want your kids to do that, right? You don't want your kids to prioritize everybody else. You want them to prioritize, take care of themselves because you can't fill from an empty cup. So I think this whole Saturn return is like prepping you for the the idea that like, it's going to be a gradual progression of you becoming a mother because you have you have to ease into it gradually because like you're so excited and you so want to do it that if you did it immediately, you would pour your entire self into just that when you're so much more than that. And it's like creating this balance so that when you go into it, you're very at this like present, stoic, very balanced place where you can do a lot of different things and not have resentment in any aspect or any specific one area of your life, which is like really powerful, but really shitty while you're in that journey getting there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you there. I think I was also meant to do a lot of inner work like you were saying before I had children so that I could show up as like, you know, the best version of myself, which honestly, I don't think we're ever truly at that like fully best self. There's always improvement that we're going through, right? We're always learning lessons. It's like, it's cyclic. But it's getting you to like a point where like, I think like you're, you're more, this makes sense. Like you're more ready than you were before. Yeah. Yeah. Every year that goes by that I'm not conceiving, I, I feel like I'm learning more and more. I'm like, okay, okay. Not ready yet. Okay. What about now? What about now? Okay. Now? <laughs> like, what about now? It's like yeah, those no. birds. What is it? Like Madagascar? Like that is, there's like a cartoon movie. I think it's Madagascar where there's like birds and there's like fish like flying over them or something. And they're like yapping at the fish. And they're like, now, 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 that's now, so now. Funny. And they want to eat. And it's like, that's you. Yeah. Like, you're like, can I just, can I just get the baby? Right. Get the baby. And that's another thing that I think my 20s <laughs> taught me was patience for sure. Because oh, I yeah. feel like in our, like when you're in your 20s, you're still figuring yourself out because I feel like you're finally on your own. You gain a little bit of independence now. And now it's like, okay, now it's just you and your intuition and you have to make all of these choices and you're still kind of figuring out where you want to go, what you want to do. And then you have all this excitement to reach your goals and move forward, be on your own, buy a house, become financially stable, all of these Which things. Is like so much pressure to put on yourself in your 20s like yeah, you ugh. want it all at once and then you realize that's not how it works it's gonna take time you're gonna have to build yourself up you're gonna have to learn how to trust yourself again and I just think too like that whole concept that like our parents have I think it's societal but also like we put the pressure on ourselves but so do our parents because their generation like financially grew up at a different time of like a lot of people are like coming out of college they're swimming in debt or they're just you don't go to college but even if you make even if you it takes you a while to figure out like what career you're going to choose to do outside of college. And then you have to like really put in your dues so you can make the money that you need to buy a house and be financially secure. And then it's like to put those expectations on someone in their 20s to reach all those huge milestones and have kids and get married. The stress of that is absolutely ridiculous. And the fact that like some of the, I think there's a healthy split. And of course, it's not all encompassing of like our parents' generation, but um, because I'm sure there's ebb and flow. But of like people who think like of our parents' generation, like, yeah, you should be able to like achieve all of those things without a problem because like I had to do it. But they're like what we talked about where they're like stunted emotionally. They have unaddressed childhood trauma dysfunctional toxic family cycles that they've never addressed and don't look at and keep repeating and now sending to us and then you have the other people who are like no like take your time figure out what you want to do like I tried to do all these things and I did do all those things and like look how stressed out and how like maxed out I was look at what it did like trickle down to you and like everybody else and all the things around me if if more people could recognize that like taking away the timelines and managing your expectations of like what you need to do for yourself versus like the timeline that your parents, the timeline that society, the timeline you have created because of those things on yourself. Because like for me, one of the lessons in my 20s is like I always thought I was going to be married and have kids at 25. Mm-hmm. I feel you on that That didn't happen. Like 25 came and went <laughs> easily. And then 30 came and I was 30 years old and I was like, okay, this is like biologically, I understand like I should have kids soon if I'm going to have them, but 
I don't want them. I'm not ready for that. Like that's a huge, absolutely huge commitment. And I'm like, why do I as a woman feel this like pressure to be married? Like why why do I have to derive self-worth from being married? Like I'm perfectly Mm -hmm. fine as an individual. Yeah. Yeah. And And without kids. Yeah. I think that also kind of raises this flag of how society and the people around us will like give us roles that we're supposed to like play and it's like why do I have to play that role because this is your (laughs) story this is your narrative you have control here to to play whatever role you want but oftentimes people put us in certain roles like you have to become the bride you have to be the wife you have to be the mother you have to be you know right a successful business owner, whatever it may be. All of these I think roles. Taylor Swift says it in her new album. She's like, people only see me as basically, I forget like the actual lyric, but she basically says like, people only either see me two ways, like either as your bride or as like a whore. And those yeah. are the, 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 that's the two extremes. People don't see me as anything else because she's like, 30 or 31 and she's not married and even she like is addressing that concept of like well why why do I have to yeah exactly and and that's what I think this year specifically is so important for us as a collective to do is to start asking why to start questioning our truths about ourselves to really be like okay why is it that I so badly want this goal and why do I place so much of my value on this goal? Right. There's like a, not an expectation, but like an overall goal I have. I put like a parameter on it because you know me, I'm very logical. So you are very logical. <laughs> I put a parameter on it because like I'm thinking realistically, right? Because I'm thinking like drawing the specs, get it like, okay, so I'm talking about a house. I want to, my dream is to build a house, not to buy one. I would like to build my own home and then live there, die there that's it. Like, I don't want to move. I'm very, I'm going to be a crotchety old person in that, in that sense, (laughs) not like my personality, but the fact that like, once this is my house and I'm here, I ain't moving. Yeah. So I, I want to build and I've grown up in a house with like a lot of people and a very small amount of space. Obviously you are no stranger to the way that I lived growing up. So I was like, okay, I've taken like inventory, I would say in my mind on different people's houses that I've gone into and like talking to them and seeing the layouts, seeing how it's decorated and hearing the size of the house. And so I just, you know, my husband and I obviously talk about these things in detail because it's our dream. And I'm like, okay, like I was being unrealistic at first. I was like, I want like a 5,000 square foot house absolutely ridiculous don't need a house that big way too big especially if we don't have kids so I was like okay I think three 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 thousand square feet is perfect and like part of the reason I found myself recently explaining to someone who didn't understand and hasn't asked me they're just judging me and they they were like I can't believe like how dare you think that like that you can have that Mm. you think you're better than me kind Mm. of like approach and I was I I felt myself feeling obligated to defend my personal like moral value and my honor and being like you know one of my dreams like I have friends here in Austin I'm from New England but I'm gonna live on the east coast in New in like North Carolina most likely so like I want to have a big house because I want everyone I've met and know that I feel loving towards to come to my home and feel like that's their home and be able to know that they can like come there and spend time there and have that space to give to people and have it be like a a fun filled like you know me I like to host I want to host a lot of things I want to have a lot of like parties and get togethers and I found myself explaining that and like now that I'm going to be 31 I think to myself and excuse my French, why the fuck am I explaining myself to anyone? I'm like, if I, if these people don't have enough, they've known me long enough that they should know my intention. And if they don't understand my character and my morals by now, and they don't ask the questions about like, well, why, what, why do you have that parameter? Or like, what, what goes along with that dream? Then like, I'm not obligated to explain it to you. I don't need to fulfill your insecurities. And so I think in your 20s, you feel a lot of obligation to explain why you're doing what you're doing, why you have the goals that you do, or even force yourself into goals that you don't want because you have, you feel like you have to give people a show 
yeah of making other people happy like societally or your parents and it's like once you get to your 30s you're like fuck all that seriously honestly you get to the end of your 20s and you're literally drained from trying to prove yourself to people from trying to explain yourself yeah and it's like why are we doing this we don't need to prove ourselves we do not have to explain ourselves and also what I've learned is to stop caring about why people do what they do because right why is it my business it's not affecting me so why and it's not a reflection of your it's not a reflection of my self-worth if someone else has more than me no that's, that has nothing to do with me or less like or if someone uh i think the biggest lesson i've started learning and this goes along with like a lot of the like protecting your third eye and all that stuff that you were t- teaching me about with like what stones are actually used for and they're they're not newsflash everybody they're not used for witchcraft but like learning that like when someone else has a negative outlook or a pessimistic personality and you find yourself interacting with them and like getting anxious and stuff it's because you're trying to fix that person or fix that situation or you think that that person is a like you're allowing that person to disturb your own internal peace because of like some insecurity or perception you have about like it turning into being about you when like that's that person's problem you know if they want to live their life like completely miserable every time you interact with them like they always have a problem that's on them if they're rude when you interact with them that rudeness stems from some kind of unhappiness inside them it does jack shit to do with you yeah exactly and that's like definitely an indication too if you're continuously having interactions with people that make you feel drained that make you feel anxious that literally you leave the interaction being like thank god that's over that it might be time to set some boundaries right that interaction because it's just not worth it to have people like that in your life just draining you yeah and of course they'll be like the unavoidable people that you always like you interact with through no fault of your own so like it's not something you can completely avoid but just understanding like allowing your I think the biggest thing is like allowing your emotions to kind of what I say like be like water Mm -hmm. where like if you're uncomfortable and you're anxious allowing the anxiety to sit with you and have it as a feeling like you would happiness or sadness and then let it dissipate yeah and understanding that like it the anxiety is not going to be for forever it is there it does exist but why is it like why is it there why does it exist yeah, and it's easier said than done. I think when you have a panic attack, obviously mm-hmm. you can't think your way out of that. Uh, but I think like noticing like your small amounts of anxiety is like going to start to help you kind of transition your thought processes. Yeah, and also the thought that you just said about how it's not going to last forever that definitely helps me a lot through my anxiety and my feelings of just because I'll still get feelings of like feeling really sad for whatever reason, feeling really unmotivated, feeling like first stagnant, and I have to remind myself like, okay, this is just for right now, but like there is something that's going to change. There is going to be a shift. Life is you know always changing, always shifting. The good doesn't last forever, but neither does the bad, and then the good comes back and it's like you know a never-ending wave of just different emotions different feelings ups and downs just work through it grow through it and like you said it's easier said than done yeah learn learning like just constantly being open to learning I think there's like a saying that like the only thing that life can promise you is constant change Mm -hmm. yeah that is a quote that I've seen before too and that's why I'm a huge believer of well it's probably all the Sagittarius in me but being (laughs) a student of life that's my motto is to always just embrace life as being a student of life allow yourself to be open to learning be teachable and know that if you are learning, it doesn't mean that you're, you know, because I feel like when you you tell people that like they should be open to be teachable, a lot of people, especially over the past couple of years, we've seen a lot of this come to the surface where everybody thinks they know it all. Oh, yeah. They know what is the best decision. It's it's everyone's ego being like, I need to prove myself. Mm -hmm. I need to be the smartest person in the room. Or like if someone's trying to teach me something that like I already kind of know a little bit about, I don't want to listen to it because I already know that when really it's like, well, maybe they have a piece, a piece of the puzzle that you didn't already know. And I've caught that in myself. Or like you just straight up don't like somebody, but they have information to teach you. I've caught myself doing this too, even within probably the last few months where like, I don't necessarily like this person. I think that they play a lot of political games and I just, I hate the dance around it. Let's just be straightforward. And because of that, 
you find yourself closed off when they're trying to teach you something. Mm-hmm. And it's you're the one who's not getting that information because you're blocked. Yeah. Exactly. Being open to different perspectives can be so life-changing. Honestly, instead of just completely shutting someone down for whatever, you know, differences that you may have with one another, you don't have to agree with everything, but just being open to listen and then realize that you cannot control other people and you cannot control other people's actions. You cannot control other people's emotions. You cannot control- All you can control is your- is your reaction. Yes, exactly. And that's another huge lesson that I learned in my 20s was just to let go of control a little bit more and not worry so much about what other people are doing, what other people are thinking of me, what other, like you said earlier, what other people's opinions are of me. And I'm still Mm -hmm. struggling with that too. But like, as I get towards the end of my 20s, I'm starting to realize it more and more as I go into my 30s that it's like life is too short to care so much about, you know, all these things that just don't matter at the end of the day. Yeah, like for instance, like in your 20s, I feel like we got caught up a lot with like brands. What brands were you wearing? What brands were you buying? What car did you drive? Why did you drive that car? What school did you go to? Why did you go to that school? Like how much money you have, the way that you look like Mm -hmm. these are like very shallow, very like surface level things. And God bless anyone who's in their twenties who has like a very foundational uh, childhood with like really wonderful parents or parent. And they kind of get a whole childhood where like they can reach this point in their twenties sooner. But like, yeah, you don't, I feel like you don't really fully reach that point till like your thirties and and even you'll continue to grow through it. Like we were saying throughout your entire lifetime, it it will keep, it will keep coming back around because you're never completed just like a work of art. But it's just like that process of I forgot what I was saying. This is what happens when I take too much allergy medicine. I don't know. I lost it. It's totally okay. It happens to me too. <laughs> Honestly, I think something that we can just struggle with so much is just feeling like we have to be some perfect put together version on display for people at all times to make sure that oh, we yeah. are just making people happy, making sure people like us, wanting to be liked, wanting to be loved because we're still dealing with all of those wounds from whatever we have went through. Like, I don't even care oh. if you had perfect parents, if you had, you know, awesome parents, you still dealt with something in your life that made you question that your worth. You. Or that yeah. You. yeah. I feel like the other thing, this is kind of what I meant to say was uh, to like your 20s is like almost like bleeding out the whole mindset of like uh, high school the high school like mentality of like people are very clicky your uh self-worth comes from like external things because it's Mm -hmm. high school so everyone's really shallow and like you are defined by who are your friends and what they have and what you have and it's like all this superficial crap to be quite honest and then like college kind of like tries to bleed that out of you or like not necessarily college but that that age bracket of your 20s Mm-hmm. Now, some people get stuck there. I've seen people who get stuck there because it, it can take a little bit longer for different people because different people go through different spiritual growth timelines. But for the most part, I feel like when you're in your 20s, you're kind of like learning, unlearning all of those things. And you're like, these things are not relevant. They yeah. don't make me who I am. Absolutely. There's nothing. Like my morals make me. Yeah. There's nothing more fulfilling, in my opinion, than finding complete peace within yourself that you stop trying to impress other people around you. You know what? The other cool concept is something I'm a little bit nervous to do, I think, because of like all of the fear-based mentality, like mm-hmm. my mom and other females have put in my head. But like one thing I would kind of actually like to do, maybe if I even just start like locally doing it, is I was listening to a podcast, Angie, I think it's Angie Martinez, like in real life. And of course she does like a lot of celebrities, but she does kind of like the same thing that we do. She talks about like spiritual journeys and they get into like some deep things. And she was talking recently about as she got older, she started to, when she was doing her inner work, she started taking short vacations completely on her own and doing whatever she wanted to do that made her happy and being with herself for like three, four days at a time. And like, she's like, when you're by yourself, you have to like emotionally check in with yourself and do the things that make you happy and like be present with yourself and like get to know who you are. It's not like you're on vacation with someone else where like you're on their timeline and you have Mm. to like converse about like, okay, what do you want to do? What do I want to do? How do we make this work? She's like, you don't have to do any of that. She's like, so it forces you to kind of analyze yourself. And I was like, that's it's honestly pretty powerful. 
I feel like because there's like vacations that I want to go on even like some tropical ones and I've always been nervous to go like on a full vacation by myself I've never done that and I'm just like my husband doesn't want to necessarily go anywhere tropical getting other people on board is like difficult because everyone's got a different thing going on in their life at the same time and then you got to get like everyone's finances together and then you got to get everyone's personalities together I'm like now I'm like well why don't I just do it by myself yes that's actually I've heard that solo travel can be so beneficial and you really can just continue to learn so much about yourself and also just find peace with yourself because I feel like we've been so conditioned to like rely on other people to be codependent yeah why not go by yourself because like you said there's those fear-based mentalities oh solo travel like that's dangerous da, 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 da. again just kind of keeping us disconnected from ourselves truly is all right. these fear-based mentalities about why we shouldn't be doing things on our own. And it's like, well, why can't I? Like, of yeah, course, like there's proper ways. Yeah, there's proper ways to like make sure that you're being safe and, you know, not going in areas that are dangerous by yourself. But I think that's a really good idea. And I think it'd be very beneficial. And even starting, like like you said, local, doing a little- Or even small, like um, like going, like taking yourself out for dates. Yes, because it's like, I think it's getting past the uncomfortableness of feeling like you look like some kind of loner, like out by yourself. Yes. It's the There's like this huge stigma of like being like some like weird loser who's by themselves, yeah. which is like, like when we went to Colorado, um, you know, your cousin and your sister, they were all eating together, but then something happened where I couldn't eat with them and like things got like confusing. And I actually ended up taking myself to a restaurant by myself and I ate by myself. And at first I was like, okay kind of looks a little bit strange I feel a little bit uncomfortable (laughs) eating by myself but then I got used to it and I was like this is actually nice like I'm ordering what I want I'm eating a good meal like this is fine like it's fine food is good I'm fine with my own energy yeah Yeah. this is nice I've done it before I've like gone to the movies by myself because like I wanted to really see a movie my husband didn't want to see and I would like order a milkshake and get all the things and do all the things I wanted to do and I was like cool I don't have to answer to anyone except me and I'm having a great time so kind of like that concept I would say if I could give some advice to someone who's in their 20s is like yeah that would probably be my biggest advice it's like stop worrying about the opinions of other people and like just try to find what like authentically brings you joy and do those things because like your 20s is also full of a lot of like lustful chasing you're mm-hmm. chasing after a partner you're chasing after a job you're chasing after money you're chasing after a concept or like a social construct and it's like stop worrying my my advice is like stop worrying about all of those things and like eat the foods that you like if you know that exercising isn't fun and you're unmotivated but you know that it's gonna like starting it is gonna make you more motivated and it's gonna make you like feel good just take that little step and like start with like home videos like I've had to do that with myself you know like feeling unmotivated but so I'll start like working out in my home and then I'll get to the gym and like then you graduate through that like to different things And just like taking those steps like with yourself so that when you reach like the next chapter of your life, you're very comfortable with who you are, Mm -hmm. you know, especially before you bring like a a partner into your life because it's it's easy to have a partner and in general like to have anyone you you can have a partner but it it's a lot of stress I would say on our relationship when you're both growing and going through your own things as well as growing as a couple like I I love Trev and we're really great but like you were saying the other day like we've been through a lot of shit already and it's we're lucky because it's brought us closer but Mm -hmm. not it doesn't always do that yeah no it doesn't always do that and I feel the same way like I'm very lucky that I'm able to you know, grow with Josh through the changes of life because we've been together since I was a junior in high school. So I mean, we've literally learned how to find our independence while still being together. And, you know, it's kind of like we never, we don't really have much to compare based like our relationship off of because we were together at such a young age. But yeah, there were trying times that were difficult. I mean, and there always will be in relationships for sure because they are meant to test you. But when you have a stronger sense of self, you have security within yourself. I do find that the conflicts aren't as extreme. Mm. Like in the beginning of our relationship, I used to care way too much about how much time I was getting from him. And it was like, I was very codependent on 
him because yes, I was like, I totally agree with that. Yeah, if you're you not with, spend like, if you're not all your time, time together, me, yeah, it was like if you're right. not spending time with me, I feel like. I'm not worthy. I feel like you don't care about me, da da da, which isn't necessarily the case. It's like he needed his space, his time to recharge after work, whatever it may be. And that actually led me to be able to find my own thing. And now it's like I'm not as needy as I used to be. And we don't fight as much because we can be independent within the relationship and still have quality time. Yeah. I even, uh, I mean, I've already shared this with you, but I have moments like that recently where like the holidays and the family visits and just like all these things working, still working, it just pulls all of your attention. And then it got us off of our like normal routine. And so I see see him less or the quality of the time that we get together is kind of in my, in my uh, evaluation garbage. So like my husband and I were talking one night and he was telling me like how he was basically like anxious and very what he calls amped up, which is just like he's got a lot of energy and he has nowhere to put it. And we we, we kind of came to the conclusion together that it's like he just got this new bicycle and he really enjoys bicycling, but he hasn't been doing it for weeks because he had eye surgery and then, of course, the holidays and everything. So he couldn't see for like a good week and a half. And so I was like, I think you need to go ride your bike. Like the weather's warm. You can see again. You have the time. And the next day I was supposed to get an oil change and it's like not in the greatest neighborhood in Austin, but also not the worst. And I could definitely go alone. It's not like super anything to worry about. And I found myself initially like being really upset and being like, he should go with me. I can't believe he's not going to come with me. Like da 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 da. Like being like very one track minded. And then I was like, you know what? I'm married. What does a good wife or good partner do? Sometimes you have to put your partner's needs before your own. And like, he needs to go exercise because he was just telling me last night, like he feels like almost like out of his own body and it's starting to like make him really anxious, you know? And he came back from whatever errand he was running. I was like, you should go ride your bike. I'll go do this on my own. I'll talk to my best friend, which is you. And at first he was like, are you sure? Like, he was, like, nervous. He, I think he thought it was, like, one of those female, like, head game tests. Yeah. You know? Test. Like, when, when you're, like, how do I look? That's, <laughs> like, you're looking for the answer to be, like, well, you look beautiful. You always look beautiful. Something like that. And he, like, probed me again. He's, like, are you sure? And I was, like, no. Like, I legitimately mean, like, this is what you need to do. You should go. Like, I, no hard feelings at all. Like, I, I just think you actually physically need to go do this. And I will be, like, grown up enough to handle my own shit. And it ended up bringing us closer. The fact that we were both able to, like, do that but if we were in a relationship if I was 20 I would have been like oh my god I can't believe he doesn't want to spend time with me I would have taken it personally yeah a lot more reactive yes yeah it's like through our 20s we've learned how to become more aware of our reactions and the underlining meaning possibly behind those reactions that we have and then how to control them a little bit more through that awareness Mm. I love that just like think the thinking process I think of like, not everything is about you. Not Mm -hmm. everything has to do with you and not everything is like meant to hurt your feelings. Mm -hmm. So like learning those hard lessons, it makes you, this is going to sound funny, but it makes it so you can eat a lot more shit Mm -hmm. and be totally okay with it. Cause you're like, well, that's not about me. And if it is, I really don't care. Yeah, definitely. I agree 100%. So Let's end this episode by giving one piece of advice that we would give to our younger self. Oh, yeah. You go first. Okay. Put you on the spot. Because I just talked a bunch. (laughs) So for me, the one piece of advice that I would give my younger self, it would be to not be afraid to go against the grain, like not be afraid to pave your own path, not be afraid to, you know, I guess, essentially challenge the system like if you challenge that status quo yeah the status quo like if you have a dream a goal in your mind a vision in your mind that you don't see people around you going after that isn't normally considered well I guess normal to not be afraid to go after that and to always listen and trust your intuition because that's one thing I really had to learn was to trust my inner nudges and to go after things that people might find weird, that people might find unconventional, that people Mm -hmm. might see as like, why would you want to do that? You're you sure that's going to bring you financial success? You sure that's going to bring you long-term stability? Are you sure you want to do that? You know, like, no, I'm not sure, but it's worth my risk. Yeah, exactly. I'm like like 25. I'm going to take the risk. 
yeah, sometimes, you know, it's okay to take a risk and try something that nobody else has tried before around you. And I feel like that's hard to do because when you're not surrounded by people who are doing things that you want to do, it makes it seem like it's unattain- unobtainable, but that's not necessarily the case, right? It's all it's like about- like you're doing something taboo and a lot of people react to that with skepticism and fear and like mm-hmm. they don't even realize half the time that they're like projecting that onto you yeah. and like what you're trying to do you're and like, you don't i love you i see that you're telling me to be cautious but also you're kind of like harshing my mellow so please just like be supportive and shut the hell up yeah. exactly and you don't have to make choices based off of what everybody else is doing just because everybody else is living their life a certain way and that doesn't feel right to you you don't have to follow the crowd like it, you can be your own individual person within society, within the collective, within your family. Yeah, I love that. I think my advice is like similar to like that end piece that you said, which is like, there's a lot of pressure in your 20s to meet certain milestones and goals and like have this timeline of like, oh, I need to go to college. I need to graduate. I need to pick a career. I need to be in a successful relationship. I need to get engaged. I need to get married. I have to start having kids. I need to buy a house, like throw, throw it out throw the whole thing out throw it in a dumpster light it on fire burn it forget it and there's like so much pressure on social media of like people you know doing these things or like just like societal obligations now of like all these like fake again pardon my french fake ass gurus online who are like oh yeah like passive income passive income blah 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 and like they make it seem so easy and then like you try to follow up with them and it's like yeah for ten thousand dollars a month i could be your guru it's like (sighs) that's where their money's coming from coming from feeding you bullshit and taking your money and it's like stop worrying about like having all of your financial security stuff figured out in your 20s like gary v says i didn't figure this shit out till i was in my 40s you're 25 you're young. You have so much time. Stop putting all this pressure on yourself to have it all sorted out right now mm-hmm. because I did that. And then I kind of kicked myself in the old ass because I was just like, I said, like doing stuff to do it when I was like going to college to go to college because I knew I needed to because uh, that was like, I liked school, but also that was like my way out of like the poverty that my, that I was growing up, I was growing up in. And I didn't necessarily like wait and pick what I actually wanted to do with my life. And now I kind of kick myself in the ass a little mm. bit, but I mean, it all worked out. Exactly. I'm, I'm at the spot ultimately that I wanted to be at. It just took longer. I think if I would have understood the expectations that I was forcing on myself, I would have given myself more grace and time to like figure it out before I just jumped in with both feet. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely so, feel that. Take your time. Make your own plan. Don't let other people force you into anything. And if people aren't supportive, boundaries you need to. Yep. Make those boundaries. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think this is great. I loved catching up and recording another episode with you. I always love recording with you. I'm excited for all of the episodes to come together and our new podcast channel that we'll be launching hopefully by the hopefully by the middle by end the of end. the year. Yeah, I was gonna say hopefully by the end of this year. Right. We have a lot of like behind the scenes work we have to do, but we're excited to get started on it. So well, with that being said, we can't wait to talk to you guys again. And I hope you have a wonderful wonderful rest of your day. Until next time.